deserve it but he gave his son who was holier than anything we could ever amount to be for us so that we could be with him and as the band starts this next song let's really sing out our hearts and prepare our hearts for worship mm -hmm. 
scribe in perfect skill with flawless words could capture all you are no lofty thought no scholar of this world could grasp an inch of such infinity though
Welcome to the Crossroads. Aren't you glad to be here this morning? We're thrilled that you're here this morning. Just, uh, just a few announcements. Uh, first of all, if you'd pass the friendship folders down the aisle today, we'd like to welcome you here. We're glad you're here. The mission of Crossroads is to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, what, a, what a great event we had on Friday night. Just want to pause and thank you for, uh, for all that you've done to help us here on Friday night. We had our June Jamboree out on the, on the lawn, and it was incredible. You can see a few of the pictures are rolling up here. Uh, there, were, there were literally hundreds of people that came, and I want to thank all that served. This was one of the greatest events I've seen our church put on. It was just incredible. Uh, look at those happy faces up there. Keller's serving, and there's Sarah serving. We've got, got a bunch of people serving. I want to thank everyone who served. Uh, let's give, a, give everyone a hand, man. What an incredible incredible night. Uh, the, the, the kids had just a, a blast. Uh, the families had a good time. There were several, I mean, there were hundreds of people that I didn't know. There were so many people that were just checking out the church that night. Several people told me that they found the church by our sign on the road. And I said, well, that's kind of interesting because a lot of people didn't even know we're here. And they said, well, you know, there's a subway right next to you now, so we have to slow down. And I was like, yes. I thought God put the subway there for me to have lunch, you know. He was thinking much bigger than me. He's thinking about his work. And so people, I must have talked to 10 families, said that they rolled in past our sign on the way to subway. How exciting is that, that God is doing and and he's bringing people unto himself. So I want to thank you for serving because when you step up and serve, um, it it is just incredible what happens. God does many great things in the church and does many things in your life. Somebody this morning grabbed me and said, oh, I didn't know that you, were, that you needed help, so nobody asked me to serve. So I'm officially asking you to help serve in the church, okay? Uh, if you look on the back of the summer prayer, you'll see our pray this summer, and I'm, I'm going to ask everyone to, to, uh, to pray. That's the first thing I want you to do. There's a little, little paper there. If you take that, put your name on it, and commit to pray. I'm going to ask you to take this list home and commit to pray. But you'll see uh, in June, we had the, uh, the June Jamboree. Then we have an Ecuador missions trip coming up. There's a number of ways to serve. Uh, vacation Bible school is coming up, to, uh, a way to serve. Uh, we, our next movie nights, we have two more new movie nights. There's, there's dinner for six. You can get involved with, uh, with meeting other people. But this is your official invitation. We want everyone to step up in the church and serve in some way. Because when you serve, not only does it help the church, that's wonderful, but it helps your own growth. You grow. You've, you get great joy when you serve. And uh, so I want to encourage you. So would you look to the person next to you and say, this is your official invitation to serve. Go ahead. All right, I, do that a little bit louder now. Do it to the next person. Okay. I am inviting you to serve. All right. So now you cannot say I have not been asked. All right. Everybody has been asked. And so uh, I, want you to, I want you to find a place to serve this summer. I'm humbled. There, you know, I come up here the other day, and there's two ladies that are over 80 years old outside pulling weeds. And when you come past two ladies that are over 80 years old pulling weeds, you feel really guilty about that. But I'm really blessed by that. See God's people stepping up to serve. Nobody asked them. They just come up and see there's weeds, and they come up and pull them. And I thought, that is a blessing from God. They are our models. So let's give them a hand. You don't even know who they are, but let's give them a hand. 
So I want, I want to encourage you, pray this summer. Step up to be on our prayer team. Uh, and then there's ways to get involved. Vacation Bible School, there's a table to sign up out there. You say, well, what can I do? Stop by and they'll tell you what you can do. Can you love a kid? Can you, can you know somebody's name? Can you make a snack at home and bring it in? I'm sure if you tell them, here are my hands, here are my feet, use me, they're going to help you and help you find a, a short-term commitment. Uh, even though it's during the daytime, I realize many people work during the day, but maybe there are things that you can do outside of there to help them. Uh, they're they're going to be putting up, no doubt, stuff all over the church. They're going to take it all over, and we're excited about that. So please stop by. You can also register your kids, and they get all that information out there. And then our Ecuador missions trip, uh, a week from Monday, a week from tomorrow, I'll be leaving with 26 people from our church for Ecuador. And boy, are we excited about it. But there, there's a list of items in the bulletin. If you look there, uh, you'll see everything from coloring books and crayons, colored pencils to, to, to clothing. We need clothing for orphans, clothing for the missionaries, uh, all sorts of things that you can bring in. If you can bring them in and put them underneath the, uh, underneath the coat rack out there, we'll be loading them up next Sunday evening. So if you want to bring something up during the week, that's fine. We're here. Uh, our, our, our doors are open in uh, daytime office hours and uh, Monday through Friday. And then we also will be here next Sunday. And you can bring it in Sunday. And then Sunday afternoon, we're going to begin to pack those items. So if you can help us in that way, we would appreciate it. Another opportunity to serve. All right. And then um, if you look, look through, you'll see the, uh, the many ways to pray here. We just want to get our church praying this summer. Because we know that God is, is doing His work. Our next movie coming out on the lawn is Woodlawn. This is a little, not, not an animated movie. This is a, a, a regular movie. This was in the theaters last summer. So we're excited to have that out there. Uh, I'm sure we'll have some sort of concession stand. And uh, it won't be the big, uh, the big June Jamboree. Which, by the way, I saw somebody posted online. Somebody didn't come to the church. They were visiting. And, and they tagged us. And they said on Facebook, they said, I've never been to an an event that was so exciting as the June Jamboree for my children. Uh, and, and then they went on to say the band was just incredible. Let's, let's thank our band, man. They were lighting it up out there, man. So I was talking to somebody. They said, where did you get that band? I said, they play every Sunday. And they're like, oh, that's our band. They didn't realize it. And it's like, man... They, were, they sounded incredible, as they do every Sunday. And I thank God for our, our wonderful church. Next Sunday is Father's Day. And so we're going to do something here. It's going to be a little bit different. We're going to call it Man Day. Okay? Uh, you know, Man Day. Okay? It's going to be a Man Day. All right? So I want, you to, I want you to plan to be here. Round up every man that you know. Um, and women, you'll enjoy the day too. It's going to be it's going to be a great day. But we're going to celebrate fathers in a different way next week. We're going to have a man day. When you come in, there's going to be some some cars that you guys will be looking at out there. It's going to be pretty fun. Uh, there's also going to be somebody's going to be making some breakfast on the grill out there. So get in here a little bit early and have I, I don't know. There might be a bacon, egg, and cheese something coming off the grill. I don't know. So I want to encourage you to be here. Uh, to come and before and after the service there'll be food out there and we're going to celebrate and have a man day next week and uh, encourage us all to walk in the ways of Christ as we do that so mark your calendar that's only one week away it'll be our first time of having a man day you know but uh, you know typically you always hear big things for Mother's Day and then Father's Day it's like oh by the way it was Father's Day you know and, and I'm like gee what about us guys right 
So next week, we're going to go for it. We're having a man day. I want to encourage you men, and we, we appreciate you men in our church. We thank God for you and what, what God's doing in and through your life. We're going to celebrate it next week, and we're going to celebrate God. So plan to be here and, uh, and just have some fun with us. At this time, I'd like to ask our ushers to come forward. We'll receive our morning offering. What a great God. God has been with us and moving. Sympathies to, uh, to the Opperman family that's uh, related to the Chervons. Uh, John passed away this week. And we had his funeral here this mo- uh, yesterday morning. And, uh, and, and so I want you to remember the Opperman family in prayer this week. All right? Let's bow in prayer. Our Father and our God, we come before you, Lord, and, and we thank you for this opportunity we have to give to you, to bless your name, Lord. We, we thank you for our guests who are here. And, Lord, as, uh, as we pass this morning, we, we uh, encourage our guests to let this pass them by. For, this is for those that are growing in the grace of giving. God, thank you how that you're, you're, you're growing our church. You're, you're bringing people unto you. You're growing us in the grace of giving. People are coming to Christ. We're, we're being transformed by Jesus. And I thank you for that. So God, as we give to you now, this is a part of our transformation. And we say thank you for loving us. Thank you for transforming us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence lord
instruments let's sing let's sing that last chorus one more time ready holy spirit you are welcome here come flood this place and fill the atmosphere your glory god is what our hearts long for to be We've been talking about joy and how to have joy in your life. We're on a joy ride, and, and we've discussed several ways that you can win or lose your joy. You can win joy or lose joy when you're dealing with people. Uh, you know, there are those, those difficult people, people that are hard to get along with. You can, you can lose your joy when you're dealing with some of those people, or you can get joy while you're dealing with some of those people. And I think that's uh, one, one of those areas we, we talked about. You, know, you can't get it from this sp- specific relationship but your relationship with God can override those, those difficult circumstances, uh, difficult people. Then we looked at difficult circumstances. We said you can win or lose your joy in the midst of circumstances. Uh, the Apostle Paul, he was, he was in jail. And as he's writing this book of Philippians to, to the people in jail, it, it's, it's wonderful to see how that he is having joy. And he says that you too can have joy. And so even from, from being in, under house arrest here, imprisonment, he is writing to the church and he's saying, look, you, you, I want you to have joy. And he's saying, I'm rejoicing. 
So this morning we want to continue. Last week we started to talk about how the joy is really the missing element. I told you if you, if you had a pumpkin pie, you went to your mother's house for a pumpkin pie at, uh, at dinner time, uh, for Thanksgiving time, and she took a slice of that pumpkin pie and put it on your plate, put the whipped cream on it, and you go to put your fork in there and you say, there's just something missing about this pie. And what's missing is the sugar. She forgot to put sugar in the pie. Uh, you know, that's what life is like with, with joy. If you don't have joy, you know, you could eat that pumpkin pie without sugar, but why, you know? Um, there's there's no, no reason to eat that pumpkin pie without sugar. It would, it would taste horrible, and so is life without joy. Christ gives us joy. As we are followers of Christ, there is joy, and as a matter of fact, joy is expected. So we want to continue this morning. We're going to look here at Philippians chapter 2. We're going to pick up where we left off last week. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 says this, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Is there any comfort from His love? Is there any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? And, and He lays the foundation again that joy comes from Christ. Your joy comes from Jesus. And, and he's, the answer to all those questions is yes. Yes, there is encouragement to belonging in Christ. Yes, there is comfort in His love. Think of the comfort of His love. No matter what you do, where you've been, God loves you unconditionally. Now that is, that, that is something I think that most believers, most, most followers of Christ haven't established yet. They know it up here, but, but the, the reality of that, that even when I fail, even when I fail, I am still loved by God. I am, not, I, am not, I am not any less of a person. I, I am struggling. I may struggle with sin. I may deal with these things, but God still loves me. And there's the comfort of his love. So we find that, number one, it comes from Christ. And, and then the Apostle Paul says, number two, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Give me joy by, making me, by, by working together. Work together in unity. Love one another and working together with one mind and one purpose. We said that that was the church coming together and being unified. Um, that does not necessarily mean that we agree on everything. I can't even get an agreement on my house, in my house over dinner. How can I get an agreement in church over dinner, right? So you will not agree over everything. It means that we agree to disagree at times. That's what unity is. Unity is, says we work together. Um, there's no team, uh, no team that says, hey, we agree on everything, but the team says we agree on one thing, and that's the common goal. We want to win. And so that's, that's our, our goal here at the church is that we're, we're here to, to win. We're here to win for Christ. We're, we're following His command. And all right, so there'll be times that you say, well, this isn't for me, that's not for me. But together we're working towards the common goal of bringing people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Uh, verse 3, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. And we spent a lot of time there last week. We are typically motivated by ourselves. Uh, that is the easiest motivator. Why? Because I think more about myself than any other person. Uh, and that's just who we are. We're, we're, we're humans, we're Americans, and we deal with ourselves. We deal with our comfort level. We think about our comfort level more than anybody else's comfort level. You know, when I go to set the thermostat in my house, I'm not thinking about anybody else, you know. And whoever shuts it off isn't thinking about anybody else either, you know. I have a, I have a comfort zone. It's 68 degrees. And it should be chilly in your house. You know, that's, why I, uh, that's how I like it. My kids, I think they like it at 80 because they shut that air conditioning off, you know. But you're, we're all driven by, our, by ourself, number one. And Paul says here, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. 
There are those who will do things just to be seen. Um, they may serve just to be seen by other people. They may do something. It's like, like the politician that does something just for a photo op, okay? And, uh, and so th- there's no photo ops in, in God's business. There's no photo ops. And he says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of, yourselves, uh, thinking of others better than yourself. And I, and I shared with you last week, I think this is one of the hardest things for us as Christians to do, isn't it? To think of somebody else better than me. I mean, it's one thing to think of others as important. It's another thing to think of somebody else as better. Oh, I'm going to put their needs. He goes on, he says, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. The key word here is humility. We, we, have, to have, we have to become people of humility. And when we get this attitude of humility, it transforms your life and it provides joy. And that's, that, he goes on to say here, the, the next thing is in verse 5. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, he says, your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. He says, you know, I want you to serve others. I, I want you to get joy from serving. I want you to get joy from being humble. But I want you to remember that your greatest example is Jesus Christ. Your attitude, your mindset should be the same as Jesus Christ. Uh, what, what did Jesus, uh, you know, the, the Apostle Paul told us about joy. He said that you can rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Now think about that. Somebody else has had something really good happen to them. You've been wanting something good to happen for you. But it didn't happen to you. It happened to somebody else. Maybe it was the job promotion. Maybe it was a raise. Maybe it was a new car, a new home, whatever. But it's that thing that you've been wishing would happen to you and your best friend got it all and you're still sitting here saying why doesn't it ever happen to me you see you start to lose joy that way because you're saying you're looking at me woe is me woe is me woe is me and in the meantime god tells us here to rejoice with those who are rejoicing so when i hear somebody in the church something good has happened to them you know what i do i rejoice i get excited uh when i i we, there's many times we weep with those who are who are hurting we weep with those who, who weep, but and then we rejoice with those who rejoice. And that, there's a great way to have joy. But it, you can't do that by being a prideful person. See, if I'm only thinking about my needs, and by the way, pride has that I right in the middle, P-R-I-D-E-I, it's all about I. Um, listen, when I'm thinking about my needs above everybody else's, I will never be happy. You'll never be happy thinking about your needs. It's, it's amazing how that works in reverse. In and, and meantime, in humility, I think about others. Uh, it's, it, I guess what we're saying here today is that it's not about keeping up with the Joneses that will make you happy. It is rejoicing with the Joneses. Now think about that. Keeping up with the Joneses won't, keep, won't make you happy, but rejoicing with them will. When you see somebody else has had something good done, you rejoice with them. The attitude of Christ. I want you to think with me about the attitude of Christ. It was humility. He says, your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. Chuck Swindoll says this about humility. He says, that means sometimes you're going to give up other people. uh, You're going to give other people the choice, traffic, and parking spot. We're hitting a little too close to home here, right? That means sometimes when this plate of steaks is in front of you and there's a really juicy one, you say, here, you have this one. Man, he had to bring it into steak? Come on. That means there are times somebody else gets to hold the remote control in the family. 
I think we're going a little too far, right? I, there's one hour, there's a couple hours where the remote control is, is mine. Eight o'clock tonight, there's a big game, right? We're, the cup is coming home, right? So the Stanley Cup. Uh, but listen, outside of that, they can have that remote. But humility, when we humble ourselves and we put the needs of others before us. I remember a few, uh, few, few uh, instances ago in our house, somebody was, there was an issue and, uh, and somebody, one of my family members said, well, there's a TV downstairs. You can watch it down there. And I thought, you're right. I can do that. Why, why, see, and humility is to put the needs of my family. So what I want to do, I wanted everybody to get up and move because I was home. The lion was here and he was roaring, right? I'm tired. I've worked so hard. And my family looks at me like, uh-huh, go downstairs, Dad, you know? And, but really, that's what humility is. You guys have that up there? Why would I make you change? Why would I do that? I can go downstairs and serve. So this is what Christ did. He was, he was the ultimate example of humility. Our example is Christ. And, and we, we, you know, don't try to mimic another Christian. I want to give you, take that pressure off. You see other Christians all over the place. They do, they, Christians do their Christianly things, right? Well, don't try to be another Christian. Try to follow the attitude of Christ. Aren't you glad that, that the Apostle Paul didn't say here, now, you know, Follow me, not Peter. Uh, he, he, did, he didn't say, you know, follow this guy. He says, have the same attitude of Jesus. Uh, you know, I'll never forget years ago seeing somebody in a car. You know, did you ever pull up the, alongside somebody in a car and, and they're, they're listening to music and they're just kind of bebopping along, you know? You, you can't hear the music, but you can hear, you can, you're just looking at them. You, know, you pull up next to the red light, you look over and they're going, you know, and you're, you're just like, Whoa, that dude is really into it, right? But you can't hear the music. And so what you do is you start laughing at them hysterically, you know? And then you're like, what is wrong with them? And then, so, now just imagine, they're in the car and they're listening to, you know, going on. And then we were on vacation. We were down in Hilton Head. So we were, uh, 